Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Horse Geeks podcast, where we look at horses and riding from the inside out. I'm Kirsten Nelson, professional horse trainer. And with me is my good friend, compatriot, Deborah Merrow, certified Alexander Technique instructor. So our last podcast, we were talking a little bit about um, these uncomfortable realizations and how that is. It's just an unavoidable part of progress and growth is when you smack right into figure like suddenly knowing something that you didn't know before and how that can be kind of uncomfortable and, and internally confronting. Like we have to adjust our paradigm sometimes right. and look at things completely differently than we ever thought of before. And so with that, kind of wanted to continue that conversation with um, the topic being thresholds. Because to me, thresholds are what dictate the speed or the rate of progress. Mm, you know, yeah. like, like, and we can talk about thresholds for the rider and the rider's body, as well as for the horse. And I think with horses, until we learn to really read the energy in the moment and the body language and look at the posture and look at how our horse is coordinating both in body and mind to do this thing that we're asking them to do. And if they can't do it, we're going to be met with resistance. And that resistance is a threshold. It's right. sometimes our horse telling us, I don't understand. I can't do it. I can't do it while I feel stable. I'm not sure how to do it. It brings up an old memory of fear for the horse that has nothing to do with, you know, the current relationship, but the memory of something is very real to a horse. So, right. so thresholds are just super interesting because when we learn to read them non-verbally, right? Right. And that's what you do with a human body. Mm -hmm. When you're doing Alexander Technique instruction, you can't dump all the information you know <laughs> is possible in one session. You want to. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you never I, know where that threshold is. It's That's the unique you know? part. Yeah. Yeah. That, and it's, it's so unique. And I've seen so many people in their own bodies and I'm we've talked about this it's kind of like there's the plastic white bag the horse is spooking at it and our tendency is to drive them towards it and I might have a client that just says well just get me there and you know the body is just saying it ain't gonna happen today <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because I think bodies it's like bodies are so complex that there's mm -hmm. layers. It's more like sort of going up a winding staircase. It, it's not a direct climb up a ladder. It's like you kind of meander your way through change because authentic change is a big deal to a body. It changing. I think that's so key. Authentic, healthy change, not change to get to where you think you need to be. 
Right. Because we don't even yeah. really have a clear picture when we, right. when we start, especially with changing physical coordination, which is a very strong habit in the nervous system. So when I'm working with riders, we're changing the physical coordination and habits related to how you use your feet in the stirrups, how you sit in the saddle, how you organize your axial skeleton, how you use your hands, your arms, your reins, and all of that, like once we have a habit, the efficiency of a habit is we don't have to spend any mental energy to think about it. And so right. changing a habit, all of a sudden, I run into all of these mental, emotional, and physical thresholds point. where it's yeah. like, I, I can't quite pull that coordination together. I can't get my body to do it. And I've just learned it, there's no use me feeding somebody with a shovel full of information if it's not integrating into the horse's movement or the horse's understanding or the rider's balance or the rider's understanding. It's, it's, it's just going to kind of dissipate into nothingness because that threshold is blocking new information coming in or some change coming in. Yeah. And I think that's, I was talking to a client yesterday about that and that's what makes us a little bit different than most out there working with people and horses is that I think if disagree with me, but I think both of us, instead of looking at the horse or looking at the rider and saying, what is wrong with you? Why don't you understand what I'm saying? That right. we step back and we go, wait a minute. Why how is this do not I need to take the, how do I need to explain this differently to get to get to the next, to get past the threshold or whatever. How? Do, what am I need to change in my directing this person to help them get to the next thing? Yeah, and, and I think that's how it kind of links into what we talked about last time. As a instructor, teacher, trainer, it's like you come up against that place where. Um, I always think in terms of horse and rider, it's true equally for both horse and rider. But that uncomfortable realization moment is a really solid threshold. Like that's a big one. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of little thresholds that you can kind of work your way around or explain or alter your strategy a little bit. Right. To get through multiple small thresholds. But that that moment of uncomfortable realization is just a big fat threshold. Like that's, that's where you have to take more time. Right. And I found that if I can give more, if I can give people what I call, and I think I talked about this last time is more tools in their tool belt to try mm -hmm. even with their own bodies, that it's not just like, Oh my God, I'm slamming up against something go into extension or shut down or whatever, but, oh, okay, Deb gave me these tools like check in with my yes joint in my head and are my knees soft, you know, just simple things to not make it so overwhelming at that Ex moment. Exactly. Exactly. And I think the, like, 
when people ask me, you know, can you get this, this, and this done with my horse in 30 days? <laughs> the truth is I have no idea because until I start the work, I don't know where those thresholds are. They're invisible. And you don't know not. what you're starting with. Case in point, I had somebody say, well, my horse doesn't act like this at home. So yeah. I'm, <laughs> we get that all the time, don't we? I don't know this horse that just came off the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> so you might be starting, you know, that horse's thresholds are way back at Colt starting 101. You know? Yes. <laughs> and people don't get it. They're like, that's not my horse. Right. And and that's yeah. the truth of living bodies that have an opinion mm -hmm. and that think mm -hmm. is that it's uh it's a fluid dynamic. It, it's oh, I not like that. it's not static. Now on the and other it's hand not in the past or the future. I think that's what we as humans do. We go that's not the horse I had yesterday. That's what's not wrong the horse with I want this? in the future. What's yeah. <laughs> wrong with this and you know it's like well this is just what we have to deal with right now yes this is just it yeah and that's where I kept pulling back to the basics like pull back to the basics pull back to the basics because I don't always know why let's just take a horse for example the horse can't explain to me or show me the past I don't know why the horse is showing me a threshold, but as soon as the energy of anxiety and tension are increasing and my horse is losing calmness, that's one way to recognize a threshold that this horse is shifting from, yes, I can into, no, I don't think I can do that. And I'm starting to be afraid if you keep pushing me. And that's the so, exact moment that we tend yeah. to go to more leverage, more strategies yeah. for control. Instead of just recognizing my horse is showing me a threshold in this level of energy changing and shifting. Right. So the horse coming off the trailer, that's way more anxious than the horse was normally at home in that environment. If we don't work with that threshold, and try to get that energy turned around, then all of the work we do or the training, it doesn't stick because the body's just trying, if the, is, if the body and mind are going into fear, which is why you have an increase of fight flight behavior, you have an energy level that's escalating from mild to moderate to extreme, sometimes rapidly. And reading that energy level fluctuation is how we recognize when we're coming up against a threshold that our horse has. And most of the time we just want to, like the phrases that run through my mind that I hear all the time is like you said, but my horse is fine over here. Why isn't mm -hmm. it here? Or mm -hmm. this is not how my horse normally acts. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with it. Or why is my horse doing this? Mm -hmm. Right. Or give me a new strategy to fix my horse. Right. Right. And so if you really boil it down to the basics, that energy fluctuation is sort of telling us about in, internal thresholds of confidence, understanding. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And so just like us, when we don't understand our anxiety or tension level tends to increase. So it could be something that simple that the horse doesn't know what's coming next. And so there's anxiety, tension, fear in that unpredictability of being in a new environment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so if we just sort of carry on going, I'm just going to saddle, bridle, ride and do what I do at home, try to blow through that threshold, hoping it's better on the other side. I go, that's one way to do it. But it's kind of a sink or swim situation for the horse and the rider. I it, agree. It might work, but it might also end in disaster. Mm-hmm. It's a bigger risk and if we sort of work with the threshold we see, it's the energy level is escalating in the horse. How could we bring, what do we need to do? And I literally start trying one strategy after another, after another, until I start to see the energy is beginning to shift back towards calmness. That's the horse mm-hmm. telling me, yeah, that worked for me. And I never have any idea. I go, I have, like you said, tools. I have a lot of concepts. I have a lot of strategies, but I never know which one is going to work in that exact situation. I have yeah, to. Yeah. And I think, I think a big sh- paradigm shift is to um, what I see with a lot of people is they get sucked into what's it- going on with the horse. And, you know, with my work, finding that it doesn't help, tell me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't help that horse if I go to that same anxiety level that the horse is at. Nobody's thinking anymore. Hmm? Nobody's thinking anymore. Yeah. So I, we're all in an emotional state. And if I can give people Alexander technique tools of grounding or whatever you want to call it, but just to bring it back to sanity within the body. I mean, I, I know that energy transfers down the lunch line, the lead rope, whatever tool you're using. Well, and I think that's really like just talking about reading energy as a threshold indicator yeah, I think it's one of the few things people actually pay attention to. And so as soon as we have a tool in our little human hand, mm-hmm. we don't think we need to pay attention to the energy because we've got the leverage and control. And so we're going to make the horse obey. We're going to get our lazy horse to move his butt. We're going to, you know, get control over our anxious horse. We're going to use our tools and use our training um, tasks, so to speak, to mm-hmm. make the horse do what we want despite how they feel or despite like not even factoring in the energy escalation of the horse that's right in front of our face. We don't see it because we're too busy thinking about our leverage, our tools, our training strategy, our training program. Here's what we do. And so we're not really recognizing a lot of times. It's something I have to point out to a lot of people. This is a threshold. Your horse is telling me right this moment. I'm going, my energy level is leaving the calm pool 
and headed into rougher, <laughs> rougher oceans, rougher conditions. And mm -hmm. so at that moment, if I'm paying attention to just the energy, and that's only sort of one indicator we can watch is, is the energy of my horse moving towards calmness or away from calmness in some way. And as it's moving towards, that's the horse showing acceptance and understanding for whatever we're doing. doesn't matter what we're doing. Right. And it could be real basic, like putting on the halter. Right. Yeah. I mean, it to me, it starts there because I think as humans, and what I like to work with with people is that how do we transfer that goal, which we've talked about before, you know, okay, my goal is to get to the arena and walk trot canter, but I'm having problems catching my horse. <laughs> yeah, when we talked normally about easy to catch, you know, so you people have a really hard time going what they usually say, what's the matter with you? You know, I've, I've got to get I've got to right. get to the ring, you know, right, right. Instead or of going, oh, look what we're dealing with today. Okay. And I got to tell you, it's like I have a loose training plan in my head, even with a horse in training that I'm working right. with every day. I have some idea of what we're going to work on and why and where the horse is at normally. But my plan takes a left turn really frequently mm -hmm. or takes a step back really frequently or sometimes advances farther than I expected really frequently. Right. So I'm sort of if I'm really working with, if my intention is to empower the horse to feel safe, feel comfortable, that always gives me a good horse. That's my primary intention. And then I have the goal of, I need this horse to have a good walk, trot, canter, under saddle, left turns, right turns, and be safe to ride. Like those are my goals. Right. 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 But how I get there is my intention is to build trust, build self-confidence in the horse, right? Take away fear, take away discomfort. So when I'm training mm -hmm. for movement, the horse doesn't know where I'm going towards this theoretical biomechanical ideal. It, You know, the horse just right. knows this is comfortable, this is uncomfortable, this is comfortable, this is uncomfortable. And so I have to work within an area of struggle, but... I have to play with those thresholds. I can't just blow past the thresholds because I have the skill, I have the leverage, I have the ability. I go, right. you can come out of a training session and your horse learned nothing except how to defend themselves better. How to avoid mm -hmm. you Good point. sooner. Mm -hmm. Right? Because if we're not respecting those internal thresholds, whether they're physical or emotional, or just a lack of understanding, or there's a lack of muscle support. So while the body's developing, another reason we can meet a threshold is our horse just gets unstable. And that's mm -hmm. such a foreign concept for people to even consider. Like, especially when I work with young horses, I go, that's the main reason they blow up is because they don't understand they easily get unstable when they're learning to carry a rider. Mm -hmm. So if we're not sort of working with their threshold of 
you know, they can only walk this fast or they can only walk right now and not ready, not ready to trot. Like they're not there yet. And so even though, and it was a big humbling experience because I thought in my early years as a trainer, I just had to get better at riding whatever the horse threw at me and have more strategies to get the horse to do what I wanted. And that was the job of a trainer. And I had one of those massive uncomfortable realizations (laughs) (laughs) when I started to really pay more attention to the energy and the movement and the body language of the horse. I go, wow, all I'm doing is imposing myself on this horse. Those are good words. Am I imposing my, my forwardness or am I listening? Yeah. Good questions. Yeah. And so it goes back to, is your goal more important than your intention? And my intention has always been to help horses become better, empower horses, empower riders, right? And with that intention, navigating the way to the goal is a unique and really creative experience. It's, it's a process because I can't make that happen for somebody else. Yeah. And it's interesting when the threshold of the human is quite different than the threshold of the horse. So we're working with, you know, thresholds of both. Yeah. And even the more I learned about the nervous system and how it, how it affects everything throughout the entire use of our body. When I'm dealing with, say, a rider who has a big fear issue, what we're told uh, oftentimes, what I grew up with was just get on, don't let them know you're afraid, <laughs> push through it, fake it till you make it, right? All of those things, just do it, just get don't over it. Don't let them know you're afraid. I mean, it's might not be written on your face, but your body language. Your energy is, is broadcasting. <laughs> yeah. I go, even whether the human brain knows it or not. Oh, yeah. I go fear like a fearful rider is just broadcasting that energy. So you can't fake it because that is the language that horses speak. And whether we know we're speaking it or not, it's like we're broadcasting that fear. So until we authentically feel safe, we can't really shift our energy. Right. Or that we even recognize what's going on within ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, when I'm working with people, it's, you have to bring, it's like redoing the software. You have to bring the subconscious thought of the movement. Maybe it's sit to stand to the surface to redo that experience. It it might be a total subconscious thing that the person's not even aware of. Yeah. No, and I I think I know what you mean. Like, I will have riders, and I'm looking at the rider, and the horse is looking at the rider, and the horse and I are going, wow, you're really scared. Not in a judgmental way. It's fine. No, it's it's just just to be understood. But the rider is going, I'm fine. I'm fine. I can do it. Of course, I can do that. As they're white knuckling on the way. Not even sometimes in an obvious way. Like sometimes I'll even miss it because in my humanness, 
I'm listening to the words the person is saying, and I'm forgetting yeah. to read their energy. And, right. and, and all of a sudden, it's like, you can't control your reactions. You can't react in a, in a positive, calm way. So if you take horse instinct and human instinct, and both are in fear, that's just an accident waiting to happen. I agree. <laughs> it, it just doesn't work very well. Right. And so the whole threshold thing is I go, we have to understand as prey animals, horses have different responses to stimulus than we do. They have a whole different kind of psychology, a different survival strategy that's inherent in their DNA. And so we're not going to fight that. We're going to learn to work with that. And we have our sort of predator instincts that are so deep within us, we have to work with them. There's You never overcome your instincts. They're there to help you right. stay alive. And they're yeah. not under our control. And so when we start to recognize, oh, my instincts are being triggered or my horse's instincts are being triggered, that's the moment I call a training opportunity. I go right there. I don't need yes. to get fancy. I need to change how this person or horse is feeling until they show me they feel safe enough to learn something. That's sort of the whole idea yeah, of it, behind the learning you, frame of mind. Sorry. Yeah, you my, don't know what's going to trigger it either. It could, like you said, be an emotional thing. It could be, it could be a physical thing. Yeah. It could be you a memory of know. something. Yeah. Yeah. That has nothing to do so like, for example, you go, the horse that gets off the trailer all wild-eyed, mm -hmm. right? In that moment, if we really look, we go, okay, this horse is like, we've already blown through the threshold of confidence right? because of the situation. But it's necessary because we had to get our horse from point A to point B in a trailer. So we did the best right. we could, right? That's just a reality of getting things done. But where we can adjust to our horse's threshold is a lot of times people expect my lesson starts in the arena once I'm tacked up and on my horse. Yes. 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 And a lot of yes. times if that's the case with the horse coming off the trailer, I go, the lesson starts right here because this is where the need is. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. If we can let go of that, it's, it's kind of like our predator instinct gives us this tunnel vision and you can almost see it in the person when that horse comes off the trailer and the person is just like, okay, I got to tie you up. I've got to put the saddle on. And you're like, holy mother of God, wait a yeah. minute. Everybody slow down. <laughs> Everybody slow down. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Let's take this teaching moment here. Yeah. Because if everybody's we safe. When we do get that tunnel vision, which is part of human instinct, we're focusing mm -hmm. away. We're focusing on our goal. We're focusing on whatever we're hunting for dinner, right? That's right. just part of human instinct. And we often just go, well, I'm going to tie my horse to the trailer and hope my horse, you know, settles down. Yeah. And I go, that's one strategy. Sometimes it works, Right. <clears throat> or I'm going to hand graze my horse until my horse settles down. Mm -hmm. So there's a gazillion different strategies. And I go, but when we sort of leave it up to our horse to figure out, if our horse doesn't figure it out, 
that's when they pull the trailer over. That's when they, you know, pull back or they pull the rope out of our hands or they step on us or they knock us around or they accidentally run us over because they're not paying attention to us either. So a lot of the risky part of handling horses can be mitigated if we just sort of went, oh, you're kind of moving away from this calm energy. How do I bring you back? right here, right now with what we've got, right? Not 10 minutes later, because in that right. 10 minutes, right, that's where things go sideways, mm -hmm. big time, right? Like sometimes I've had to untie a horse from a trailer and go, mm -hmm. let's bring this energy level down, then let's put the saddle on, then let's go to the arena, then let's, you know, start the riding part of the lesson, if our horse, yeah. if the horse says okay, and and that's just yeah. a totally different way. People need to understand. Yeah, yeah, it's a totally different way to say I'm not sure. I'm not sure how far we're going to get today because I'm right looking at this threshold, and in the horses, like their decision making ability is sort of binary. It's not complicated. It's either a yes or a no. It's like, yes, I can do that. No, I don't think I can do that. Mm -hmm. Yes, I can handle that. No, I can't handle that. Mm -hmm. Right? And sometimes, just like our ability to say yes and no, sometimes it's a hard no. <laughs> or, or it's <laughs> There's a no maybe. It's a big effing no. Right? <laughs> and sometimes it's a no thank you. And yeah. some, it's sort of a, I'm not sure, but I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So those are the energy levels I'm talking about. So just like when we use right. words, sort of the, the tone, the frequency, the volume, the emphasis, all of that gives the word more meaning and we understand it more. And that's what reading the energy is with a horse is sort of... Is this extreme? Is it moderate? Is it mild? Am I? Is he sort of in between a yes and a no? Is mm. it a? Is it a hard no? Is it? A, is it a up yours? This isn't going to happen, kind of no. <laughs> or is it a yes? Right. So mm -hmm. calm energy to me is the horse saying yes. Mm -hmm. And as energy leaves that calm state, and I don't mean like brain dead asleep shut down calm. That's I a mean, good point. Alert, right? The horse is alert, but chill. Blinking blinking and chewing and breathing and all yeah. those things are important. Not the freeze. Okay, I'll do it. Or the fawn. Right. Or even I'm, I'm like I talked about boy. like I talked about with Dr. Hancock, that dorsal vagal state which is kind of new terminology regarding the nervous system, but that dorsal vagal state where there is a sort of calmness when you're so stressed and fearful that you think you're going to die, mm. that the you kind of go into this shutdown mode where you're just okay. I mean, that's a super extreme version, right. but when we start over leveraging horses, and demanding obedience and using um, all of our knowledge to get the horse to do something despite 
how they feel about it. That to me is what leads to that dorsal vagal state of shutdown. They just go, okay, right. I'm, I'm so powerless. I'm just going to shut down and cope with whatever you do. That's submission. Would you call that submission? That's why I, I hate the words in the horse industry. I don't even use the words dominance and submission. And I don't use, I, I often have to point out the difference between obedience and energy. Like even that. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. Even yeah. that can be a big deal or one of those uncomfortable realizations for people. <laughs> You know, going, your horse isn't being disobedient for no reason. Your horse's energy is telling you that there's some fear escalating or there's some instability physically or there's some discomfort physically or there's a memory that has nothing to do with you. But if you don't address it, it's still going to affect you. Mm -hmm. If you don't help your horse through it, you're leaving this sort of landmine memory in the nervous system that you might step right. on and not know anything about. Right. But, but the horse will show you. So that's where I go. I <clears throat> half the time, I don't know the reason until later, but I'm reading the energy right now. Right. Yeah. And I think like you've talked about <clears throat> working with people's bodies where do you run into thresholds? Like, how do you know you've hit a threshold when you're helping somebody with Alexander technique? Um, when it comes to riders, um, it's you. It's usually when I put them on the horse stand, because although the horse stand is stationary, it's made of it's wood. It's made of wood, but just that stimulus. Of being in the uh, riding position. Yeah. <clears throat> Brings up a lot of thresholds. And usually the first, and I, what was interesting is um, it, it's great to be able to show the client off the horse that that strategy that they're using to ride is in their daily life. It's not just when they on get the on horse. the saddle. Yeah. So one of the big thresholds I see is the gripping of the thighs. Mm. Be, um, and that just goes back to um, letting go of the psoas and connecting the pelvis to the torso instead of thinking that the, the pelvis goes with the legs. I mean, that's, that's just huge in our industry of riding. And so how do you know, because I know you do hands-on, <clears throat> so do people right. tell you, or are you reading the energy, or are you feeling something in the body when you feel like, I can't go farther than something right now? Like, that's sort of, when I say threshold, I go, despite how much information I want to share, there's only so much information, whether it's physical, verbal, emotional, it doesn't matter. There's only so much information that this person or this horse can absorb right now. Right. And they may come to getting on the horse stand. Maybe, maybe the last time they were on their horse, they came off. So it can be an emotional trigger threshold. Um, I can see it on their face. 
or like you'd see in a horse, it's that freeze look, yeah. you know, like, wow, this is bringing up a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so, I find it fascinating that the human brain cannot control the human body any better than we can control horses. <laughs> it's like our body kind of has, our body kind of yeah. has a mind of its own. Yeah. Well, and you think about it, it's probably like horses. That's what has saved us. You know, if we, if we have always had to think about how to get out of a chair we wouldn't be doing much. We wouldn't be alive today <laughs> as a species, you know? I mean, so they're, the reason those systems are set up is that we can get up and down without thinking about it if we're being attacked by something. Granted, I don't know how that applies today, but um, that instinct is in there. And yeah, it's still in there. It's still in yeah. there. And we have to learn to, what I've found is allow it, accept it, and have tools to, you know, manufacture going a different direction. What do you mean manufacture going a different direction? So that the person learns that, number one, I found you can't stop it from coming up. It's, it's, a, it's, a, mem it's a muscle memory. It's stored somewhere. Mm -hmm. And to give people tools to say, oh, okay, there you are again. How about we try this, this, or this? How about if I, instead of thinking about it, can I bring myself back into the room and look around and say, oh, you know, I'm here. Everything's okay. And I'm sure the horses go through the same thing. You know, just. I think one of the things that comes up over and over and over working in rehab, whether it's the, the no matter how well the horse is doing or poorly, one of the things I end up teaching a lot is that sort of step back and observe. It's because the listening, yes, the listening and watching that people just, that's very hard for them to do that. Even, even at the point of rain contact, you know, it should be a listening device. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and, uh, multiple layers. And it's it's that if we can just pause long enough yeah. to observe without judgment and without making the horse mm -hmm. pointing the finger, you know, mm -hmm. blaming any of that, just really step back and be an observer for a moment. All of a sudden, every single person I've worked with can read the horse's body language, energy, see the movement, but not until they take time to observe. And that's not part of our traditional training at all. And it's not really part of being a predator. <laughs> if you think about it, I mean, we observe in us in, are we, <clears throat> what way are we observing? Are we, like you said, without judgment, that's critical. It's like, isn't that interesting instead of, Oh, what the heck are you doing now? Right. Or trying to control it instantly. Yeah. Mm. Shut, shut it mm. down instead. Well, I granted you need you need to shut some things down <clears throat> if it's getting dangerous to the human. But, you know, what do you do if you, you know, try to shut down that expression? You really need to go through the expression and question the expression and see what's on the other side of it. Absolutely. 
No, and I always sort of see it like a <clears throat> like a boxing match is what it turns into between horse and rider. <laughs> and I feel like the referee going, okay, each one of you to your corners. <clears throat> yep. Time you out. over here, you over there. Everybody's Time safe, out. right? Let's put some distance, physical distance in yeah. this situation. And then let's take a minute to just let the energy come down a notch and observe right and just that adding that into teaching people how to train their own horses i go that's been huge because all of a sudden we start to see things in different ways we start to understand more we make better decisions because we start to see oh this my horse isn't doing this to me personally good point but that's kind of our first instinct is my horse is making me look bad. My horse is yeah. being disobedient. My horse is being lazy or stubborn or not putting effort into it. And they're a bad employee. It's like, so <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to use the carrot or the stick and I'm going to motivate them. And it's like, there's, there's another layer underneath that, right? So mm -hmm. do they feel safe with you? Mm -hmm. That's a really interesting question that we can like in that pause, observe our horse and go, is my horse scared? Is my horse angry? Right? Am I asking too much? Or are we just in sort of that learning zone where there's going to be some struggle, some right. challenge, but you know, where's the temperature level going? Is it going up? Is it going down? Is it going up steadily? Is it going up and down? And that's sort of what I'm always assessing to know if what I'm asking a horse or rider to do is appropriate. It's not right or wrong. It's just, is it appropriate? It's timing and feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's timing and feel. And that's, that is something the humans um, don't usually go to first. No. And, and there is a yeah. learning curve just with methodology and horse handling. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. I think and put I, your I, mic I, up I, a little. You got really soft. There you go. I think <clears throat> that, um, I don't know, the more, the more I've more into the horse world I am of the situations of the horses and riders is there isn't a lot of time spent on just basic handling skills. Or observing and thinking through things rather than we hear the more leg heels down make them oh do gosh. it use the whip get spurs use this bit like there's all of these sort of quick fixes without really taking time to step back and analyze what is the horse trying to communicate to me like oh, why wow. am i even yeah. having this issue and even if I don't know why, I can look at my horse and go, wow, my horse is chronically tense, chronically mm -hmm. anxious, chronically unstable and struggling with whatever I'm doing. How do I get that to turn around? And then all of a sudden, different training strategies come to mind. Right. Different train, you know, different timing or feel or what we ask the horse to do. All of that changes when you're looking at, does my horse even feel safe? 
right? Or is my horse unstable or maybe not fit enough to do what I'm asking? Or me, am I not fit enough? Right. Am I not stable enough? <coughs> yeah. Excuse me, I'm <coughs> dealing with this cold. Mm. Sorry for all the extra coughing and noise. <laughs> it's going around. So yeah, anything, I mean... anything else you want to add to like thresholds that that you come across in your work? I come across, especially with riders, is they hit the threshold and they want to force through it, <coughs> if that makes sense. Oh, good one. Yes. Yeah. And I see that in riders just because, and I'm not saying all riders are type A, but it seems to be that way, just to use language that people understand. The push through and get to the other side. Um, instead of, like you said, pausing and asking the why and experimenting with some healthy choices um, instead of, oh, I just got to get to the other side. Well, yeah, we all got to get to the other side of the threshold. But like you said, it's the how. How are we get? Are, are we getting there in a healthy way? Are we? Or are we getting are we... there by building trust with our horse or are mm. we demolishing the trust and the relationship right. in order to get there? Those and are two. And wonder why when we go somewhere <clears throat> that the horse doesn't feel safe. Right. Or we lose that quality when, you know, and we've talked about this before, the threshold for the horse may be at the mounting block. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And are we recognizing that? Or are we getting to the mounting block and the horse is fine, but the human hasn't checked in to what's going on with them? <clears throat> right. At the at the mounting block. Like, am I present? You know, am I actually here? <clears throat> how am I using myself? Check in with my horse. Hey, how you doing? Or even yeah. with even with unconfident riders or riders that have a fear issue, it's like each step up the mounting block or each part of the process. Yeah. I'll ask them to give me their butterfly meter. Like that's a good one. You know, how many butterflies are buzzing around in your that tummy of yours? Yeah. <laughs> and as soon as we hit, you know, let's say five max. So if we're at three or four butterfly factor, maybe we need to pause there and just Yeah let the energy come back down. Or and once we're giving, at yeah. one or two butterflies, we could go yeah. forward. <clears throat> and that that's okay. It's okay mm -hmm. that we have a choice not to move forward at that moment. That's another, that's that pushing through the threshold thing. Oh, I'm feeling this, but I'm still going to do it. Well, hmm. well, and I think what you're describing too is the human fight flight response mm -hmm. is <clears throat> excuse me, our fight response is, <clears throat> sorry about this, you guys. I thought I had my throat cleared. Um, we call them, like you said, type A's that want to push through it. It That's more of a fight response to go mm -hmm. towards, to push through it, to muscle our way, to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Not factoring in our horse as our partner. We're just going to get exactly. it done. Right. Yeah, exactly. But there's also the human flight response 
which is the person who lets their horse call the shots, who the horse walks all over them. The horse is unsafe to handle because they don't even consider where the human is at all. It's like they just ignore their human because every time there's a little bit of a threshold, the human flight response is to back off completely, to avoid. I, like how many times have you heard, oh, I don't ride my horse on windy days because they're right. terrified that they're, they can't control their horse. So they just avoid. So there's right. a whole lot of avoidance behavior in riders, right. which is mm -hmm. also an expression of fear that leads to leaving the horse in a state of fear. And so until we sort of check in and go, am I meeting this situation with a fight response, trying to push through it, get her done? Or am I meeting this situation with a flight response? Oh, my horse is tired. Oh, my horse doesn't feel good. Oh, my horse isn't in the mood. Oh, we can't do this today because it's 10 degrees too cold or 10 degrees too hot or it's, you know, mm -hmm. the conditions aren't perfect or the footing's not right. Like the footing, <laughs> my God, the footing gets blamed a lot, right? Or there's somebody else in the arena or my neighbor oh, yeah. is creating a problem. I got to go fix my neighbor or I can't do this. And all of those are sort of fight flight responses mm -hmm. in the human. And that's where we always tend to do too much or too little. Right. And so knowing our own personal thresholds, if we're honest about them, then they actually go away. We actually move through the threshold if we respect the fact that we have one. Right. And it's that, that presence. It's a presence of being present to acknowledge all of that in both of us, the horse and the rider. And like you said, without judgment, just like, this is it. This is the way it is. This is just the way it is right it's now. Just the way it is right now. And going from there. I think that's the other thing that comes up is when people feel fear, they almost can't imagine. Like when I'm dealing with um, safety issues, which is where I liaison a lot between horse and rider. Right. So when it's become sort of a problem between the horse and rider that's really become unsafe, then I'll work with the horse and then show the rider how to work with the horse the same way. Mm -hmm. And they'll say to me, like, they can't imagine getting on their horse anymore because they have such a high level of fear. And so does the horse. Right. So a lot of times they want me to get on and I don't know, somehow magically make the horse not afraid, obedient enough or whatever. That, that the horse takes care of it. <clears throat> yeah. And so I always tell people, I go, when you have authentically moved through your fear threshold, what you feel inside is that you're dying to get on your horse. You want mm -hmm. to get on. I said, that's the opposite of fear. Nobody has to push you to do it and you don't have to push yourself to do it. Right. And but that's when, okay. And when that time is, is when that time is. And people can't imagine it's ever going to come from where they are. Mm. And that's sort of the depression or where people give up on their horse or they feel like uh, it's wasted effort. They don't enjoy it anymore. And they just can't imagine feeling any different about that particular horse. 
And every single time without fail, if the horse and rider stick it out and we make our way back to feeling, you know, rebuilding the trust, feeling safe, that same person is like, I can't believe it. I can't wait to work with my horse. I can't wait to get on my horse. I'm really looking forward to this. But from the place of fear, people can't, they have a very hard time imagining that that could ever happen, that it would ever be possible to feel that way about that horse. And I think it's sad because it really takes away from, excuse me, learning potential. Like there's a whole journey in there. If you're willing to just take the next few steps, there's an empowering journey in there between a horse and a rider where the rider is going to learn new skills, have new understanding in order to arrive at that place where they authentically go, I want to ride this horse. Right. And so it doesn't happen for everybody. But most of the time, if we take a step back and sort of really work with the thresholds that are there, we just call them what they are, recognize them, there it is, how do we gently sort of work through this one? How do we work through the next one? How do we work through the next one? And then it feels like all of a sudden... I have this different horse or I'm a different person or I just don't have the problems I used to think I had. And we are, I mean, we are different. We, you know, those changes of, you know, we're evolving into something different. But I think it happens so slowly. Yeah. We don't notice it until we notice it. You know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes it takes a, old familiar situation where suddenly you're handling it in a new way Yeah, to to really realize how far you've come. Or that old situation didn't come up again. Didn't happen. It didn't happen. Yeah. You got on the other side. It's kind of like my big mare riding her because we used to call her heirs above the ground because that's where she spent most of her time. And I'm on her and the UPS truck is going streaming by. The dogs are chasing the UPS truck and she's right there with me. And I went, when did that happen? (laughs) Wow. And I didn't have to ride through it. Exactly. (laughs) It just was, she was present. I was present. That didn't matter. And we were fine. Yeah. And what I realized is it makes the difference between training that sticks, quote unquote training, Mm -hmm. training that sticks and feeling like you're always starting over with the same horse, having the same problem for literally decades. Like that. Yeah, I get that. mm -hmm. I totally get that. I've been there, done that. And when we're working with these unique to the individual, whether it's individual horse, individual rider, when we're working with these unique thresholds, the thresholds are actually overcome and it's a new skill. And so you don't have to go back and repeat it a gazillion times. And sometimes at a certain level, what really surprised me was taking the horse into a new situation or suddenly having to deal with something unfamiliar. If I've been working with authentic thresholds, that's where I'm pleasantly surprised 
Yeah. Oh, my horse didn't react negatively or my horse didn't like that. Like this time my horse got off the trailer, calm, cool, ready to go to work We're instead ready. of yeah. I getting feel off safe. the, yeah. Yeah. Instead of getting off the trailer with all of that, rah, right. Mm -hmm. And that to me is a relationship issue where I think a lot of people I talk to, they think if my horse gets off the trailer badly like that, I need X number of trailer rides for my horse to figure it out. And I go, what you really need is for your horse to feel understood because you're listening to the thresholds and trust you in a new situation. I go, that's what makes you adaptable and safe in unforeseen circumstances with your horse. Right. But I go, you can repeat, and you've been there, I've been there. You can repeat that trailer loading process thousands of times mm -hmm. and some horses never get any better at it yeah so i go what's My the missing loading piece got much better <clears throat> with this big mare when i worked more on the thresholds not involving the trailer yeah because they come up everywhere all day yeah, all the everywhere. time everywhere yep so you go here's my training opportunity here's my training opportunity and then when you go to the trailer or you go for the trailer ride, there's like a base of trust mm -hmm. where the horse knows I can trust my human because my human is always helping me feel right. better, feel Not more physically yeah. or emotionally. It doesn't matter. But that trust that develops is what we carry with us into new situations with our horses mm -hmm. that makes it manageable. But there's still a really strong sort of mentality or paradigm that if you want your horse to trailer load well, you better put that horse in the trailer every day, leave the trailer in the field for your horse to go in and out of, and magically your horse will one day figure it out. And I go, some do, some don't. Some do, some don't. Mm-hmm. Or the same thing with, uh, I want a safe trail horse. So they think if the horse has been on the trail 100 hours, he should be a safe trail horse. And I go, that is no guarantee whatsoever. Because <laughs> it's way too dynamic. But if you have a horse that trusts you out on the trails, you can come across all kinds of unplanned events and know how to navigate through that. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes a safe trail horse is that relationship between the horse and rider. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Nope. Sounds good uh, to me. I think we can wrap it up before I go through another <clears throat> coughing episode. <laughs> so thanks for joining us, everyone, for another episode of the Horse Geeks podcast. And I hope you go out with your horse today tomorrow and just start to notice mm -hmm. start to notice where's my horse's energy level right is it calm is it moving away from calm how do i feel am i calm am i moving away from calm right right am i even starting off not calm because i'm thinking about that person who just pissed me off on my way to the barn yeah there you <laughs> go that's another whole podcast exactly <laughs> So even if we like today just sort of talked about watching the energy level, it's something that we all actually can read. It's yes, not yeah. a big mystery. It's not hard for people mm -hmm. to figure out. I go, I don't know how we know it, 
But if we just slow things down enough to observe, we all see it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So thanks once again for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Horse Geeks podcast. Thanks, Bye, everybody. everybody. Bye.